what's good everyone welcome to the show welcome to the channel where i will talk about wrestling a lot and mma a little bit not as much but wrestling mainly mainly wrestling a bit of video game stuff here and there but it's 2020 i'm just wanting to throw myself out there and do something a little different and youtube is well the way to do that so yeah i'm gonna put myself out into the world and see see if anyone wants to listen to me ramble about my thoughts on wrestling and whatnot but i'm gonna kick it off i'm gonna go over this last week in wrestling i'm gonna take you all the way back to, to take over 30 and SummerSlam last weekend give my thoughts in hindsight um quickly go over the week that was raw smackdown and uh, Raw Smackdown, NXT, Dynamite. Um, I'll quickly go over those. Um, I'll give my final thoughts on the New Japan show that was yesterday. Um, and then there's a couple other things I want to touch on. And then at the end, I'll give my, my payback predictions and what I think may or may not happen. Um, I want to start off by saying that I've created this as an outlet for myself because I like talking about wrestling good fun but a lot of the times social media Twitter to be specific can be pretty toxic um, I've met some really good people on there but I've also come across some really shitty ones and this is my way of being able to say what I want, how I want, in the tone that I want, rather than typing it out, being misconstrued, or being perceived as negative, or this, that, the other. This is my way of getting my point out the right way, rather than, oh, you're just a negative Nancy, no, you've taken the tone wrong because it's text, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Um, I will try my very best to make this not one of those negative spaces because I used to do a lot of that. I was probably one of the toxic Twitter people where something that I didn't like was happening was on. Um, it was just shit. Everything was shit. No, that was shit. I could do better. This is shit. That's not right. That's not how to be. I'm 34. I need to be better than that. So, um, and it was a conversation with my three-year-old son that actually made me wake up and decide that I can be better than that. Um, so, yeah, I've tried to take a different outlook on how I watch my wrestling shows. And, yeah, it's pretty simple if you're watching a tv show on netflix and you watch the first two episodes and the show sucks you don't keep watching it you just turn it off it's pretty simple like i'm convinced a lot of people will just watch raw smackdown nxt dynamite whatever i'm convinced absolutely convinced that people will watch just watch these shows just to go online and be a negative prick. Just to suck, just to whinge, just to bait people. 
and that's fucking rubbish. Sick of reading it. I was sick of being. I wasn't overly bad in one of those people, but. As my son said, if you don't like something, change the channel. Put something on you enjoy. The kid's fucking three, and he gets it. It's not hard for the rest of us to get it. Like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't watch AEW for two hours, and then at the end of it, go... Oh, the women got 60 seconds out of a two-hour show, but the box in Omega got 90 minutes. <sighs> really? Really? Yeah, we don't need that shit. Anyway. That's my my rant to, ki <laughs> to kick off a brand new show. Woohoo, go me, good job. Anyway, um, I'm going to take you back in time a week. Not far, just a little bit. Um, TakeOver 30 was last week. My first question when I first turned this on was, why is TakeOver 30 at full sale? There's obviously a reason it was at full sale. Whether it's contract stuff or... Well, I don't know, but... Wouldn't it have been better to have it at the Thunderdome? Wouldn't it have aesthetically more pleasing to be at the Thunderdome I don't know but it wasn't it was a full sale I personally am not a fan of full sale um, and that's another thing if I don't like something I will try my best to give you a reason why I don't like it or I disliked it or whatever rather than just oh, I didn't like it because it was shit yeah okay um but yes um i personally don't like full sale especially when there's no crowd when there's no crowd it looks even darker than it normally is um and the way they had the three x's and the black with the the fire and all that sort of shit it it was it was really dark and dingy and i'm one of those people that when the pay-per-view or the show first comes on the air i really want a really aesthetically pleasing visual i really need that that's me i need that like i'm doing a rewatch i started watching in 98 and i'm doing a rewatch from when i started watching i'm up to the middle of 99 and the last pay-per-view i just watched in my rewatch is king the ring 99 now that the three main things that they were hyping for that show was King of the Ring Tournament Rock versus Taker for the title and then Austin versus the McMahons for control of the WWF but what they really were good at was the opening promo video which in 2020 they're still fucking amazing at WWE do it better than anybody. Promo videos, amazing. But what they would do is, they would start off, they would have this amazing promo video about, you know, that hype the King of the Ring tournament, they would hype Rock versus Taker for the title, and they would hype the main event. 
um, Austin versus the McMahons. And then when the show comes on, you got the pyro going off and, you know, all that sort of jazz. And through the smoke, you can see the, the custom entranceway for the for the pay-per-view. And then while the smoke's clearing, you got JR and King hyping the show up some more. To me, that is what got me excited for shows. Yeah, the card before time also got you excited for shows, but you pay your money for pay-per-view, you turn it on, that's the first thing you see. Bang, you're excited, you want it to happen. You know? You're ready for a really good show. Whereas TakeOver 30 comes on as this dark, dingy arena. Like, uh, really? That's it? But anyway. Um, but yeah. So TakeOver 30, Bella beat Thatcher. Neither of these guys really interest me too much. I've never been a Bella fan. I don't know a lot about Thatcher. The match itself was fine. I just neither guy sort of interests me really. So the match was fine though, but neither guy really interests me. Uh, the ladder match was good. I really enjoyed the ladder match more than I thought I would, but Priest winning was the right choice, I guess. You could have made... Um, you could have made an argument for Grimes to win. But Priest, I think, was the right right choice. Big six-foot dude. Cole and McAfee had... was much better than I thought it was going to be. I personally wasn't looking forward to this match. Um, I personally was... Yeah, not hype. Not, not hype for this match. But um, it was better than it had any right to be. McAfee was better than he had any right to be. And as a lot of people said, and as I said, I was not hyped for this match. A lot of people said, oh, he's in there with the right person, rah, rah, rah. Granted, he was. Um, but yeah, this match was better than it had any right to be. The ending was a bit weird that McAfee was sort of hunched over, waiting around for the for the Panama Sunrise, but it didn't take away from how, how good the, or how entertaining the match was. But yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Uh, Shirai and Dakota Kai bored me. Bored me. I don't like the the heel challenger working over and dominating the base champion for ten minutes. I, I don't think Kai is on Shirai's level to the point where she should dominate the three quarters of the match. Not for me. But there's a lot of people who did enjoy it, and that's fine. Glad Shirai won, because she's really good. She's the only champion in that house now, but we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, this match wasn't for me. Because as I said, Kai I don't think is on Shirai's level. She's not far below. I'm just not huge on Dakota Kai, to be honest. But but yeah. Now, in why I preface the fact that I'm going to go over this quickly in hindsight is my question with the main event cross one defeated keith lee with that weird second rope side side suplex thing that <clears throat> was clearly not meant to, or i don't think it was meant to be the end of the match but cross's shoulder was pretty fucked you could clearly see there's like the separation it was like 
down and uh, it was weird looking but my question is did cross have any idea how bad his shoulder was did or was did, was he of the opinion that it was only hmm, and he could work through it maybe rehab it a little bit and get through it i don't know was there a way that Cross could have communicated with the ref and um, they could have done an audible in the ring, potentially? No one knows. At the time, obviously, it had to be Cross's winning. This is it. Keith's going raw, blah, blah, blah. But, and we, we know that now, but at the time we didn't. They did, we didn't. But... Yeah, could they have called an audible and done a like a a screw finish? Like Cross just beats Lee stupid on the outside and gets disqualified and then hijacks the title so you still get the same visual ending? I don't know. But at the end of the day, the match wasn't very good. It was very slow. And and I'm sure there was people that liked it. But yeah. And the, the shoulder injury definitely, definitely had a lot to do with it. Um, but for me, I want two big boys just beating the shit out of each other. I don't want rest holds and work over this. And yeah, anyway. That's why I didn't like that match. But the show as a whole was decent. To, decent. It wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't the greatest one either. But it wasn't bad. But, but yeah, that was TakeOver 30. Normally the TakeOver shows are better than the SummerSlam shows, but wasn't the case last weekend. SummerSlam was infinitely better. Um, I thought SummerSlam should have been the the first go inside of the Thunderdome. <clears throat> but it wasn't. They chose to open the Thunderdome with SmackDown, which I thought was... Uh, kind of weird, but that's what they wanted to do. That's fine. Made for a good SmackDown. But SummerSlam was good. I enjoyed it. Um, Oscar Bailey opening was the right idea. I didn't watch the pre-show. Apollo vs MVP didn't interest me, so I didn't watch the pre-show. I miss. Doing my rewatch, as I was saying before, doing a rewatch makes me miss Sunday Night Heat. It really does. Like, a lot. Like, you get three short matches, or two reasonably length matches on Heat, but you'd always get a lot of angles which would flow into the pay-per-view. Like, as I said, I was watching King of the Ring 99 the other day, and on Heat beforehand, you had... Shamrock, who was a part of the King of the Ring tournament versus Shane McMahon, who was a part of the main event against Austin. Excuse me. And they did an angle where Shane was hurt and Blackman came out to save Shane and kick Shamrock's ass. But the flow and effect was Shamrock was injured in turn injured internally going into his first round match against Billy Gunn but that flowed from heat onto the pay-per-view and 
the theme of Shane being hurt flowed right through to the main event. We don't get enough of that anymore. We get a pre-show where they talk a lot of crap, they give you some promo videos, you get one, maybe two matches that are sometimes okay, but you don't get angles or story advancements like you used to and I miss it I really do miss it but I digress that's just me um still think there's room for something like a Sunday heat Sunday night heat but yeah I think you would have to take in order to give but I have no idea what show that would take but anyway um yeah Bailey Oscar was the right right way to start the show I thought um my opinion Bailey was always winning I thought I always thought going in Bailey was winning this it was just a matter of how and I always thought Oscar was gonna uh regain this raw title again it was just a matter of how um Bailey retaining with help from Banks was the right way to do it because um, it plays into <clears throat> it plays into how it's all gonna work. I think how it's all gonna work out. I think moving forward, when they do feud, Banks will be the face. Bailey will be the heel. Bailey has been a much better heel than probably anyone ever thought she was gonna be. But yeah, Bailey Bailey retained. Good match. Really good match. I really enjoyed it. But. Yeah, that was a uh, right way to go. I don't know where Bailey goes from here now. Maybe Naomi again. They feuded earlier in the year at Saudi Arabia, but mm, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Street Profits won against Andrade and Gaza. Yeah, it wasn't as high in this match as a lot of people were. It was very quick, didn't, didn't go very long, but. I don't know, the tag division WWE is yeah. not enough emphasis on it. It's um what's the word? It's it's there's no thought put into it. If I if if I was them, instead of having three different sets of championships, I would have one set of championships and defend it like the women's, defend it across all three brands. That way, you know, the Prophets win. They could go to SmackDown. They could feud with Nakamura and Cesaro. So on and so forth. You know what I mean? You could have Andrade and Gaza win this, and then they could go feud with Brazongo on NXT. It's... That's what I would do. But that's just me. That's just me. Uh, Rose DeVille. Mandy was always winning this, I believe. After all that stuff came out about poor Sonya Deville, um, yeah, the fact that this match even happened was a credit to both these women, but specifically Sonya. Um, she had every right to just say, "Nah, I'm out. Thanks, but no thanks." But she didn't. She turned up looking like broken Matt Hardy, but she turned up. Put on a good show. Put on a good show. It, the match was... Yeah, it was okay. 
but yeah credit to Sonya Deville for for showing up um one thing I did want to touch on about Sonya Deville is um some publications out there and this goes back to Twitter being toxic making memes about uh Sonya Deville Mandy Rose and the guy who broke into Sonya's house <clears throat> like pay-per-view posters and the shining posters um in regards to that you know which publication you are you're a piece of shit um what she went through shouldn't be gone through by anyone um your news is garbage you as a person are garbage um you have you have no right to be so so vile to a person who puts herself on TV for your entertainment um but I'm glad people are speaking out about this certain publication because the pictures they put out were just fucking horrible but anyway moving on Roland and Dominic was like Colin McAfee was better than I thought it was gonna be um I actually thought Dominic was gonna win but Seth winning was probably the right choice but the match itself was good I thought it was really good um maybe went a touch long but you know it was enjoyable it I say it went a touch long it, it didn't feel like it dragged a whole lot but yeah it was still enjoyable to watch I was never bored I thought the use of Ray was smart um I would have had Ray come back at SummerSlam rather than on Raw earlier but that's just me being fickle um yeah as I touched on before Oscar beat Banks to win back the Raw Women's title I thought it was going to happen it was just a matter of how Banks didn't really exert herself too much to help her friend win so he sort of left Sasha hanging whereas Sasha sort of where Sasha helped Bailey retain earlier in the night and I think that's going to be the story moving forward with these two um where they go to with the tag title I'll touch on a bit later as they're set to defend them at payback but I'll give my thoughts on how I reckon that's all going to play out later on um, McIntyre and Orton was a really good match a bit slow in parts a bit slow in parts but all in all was, was a good good match um, initially I was adamant Orton was winning but now I think about it and I again hindsight looking at this um, rather than just putting a show out there straight after the show um, being able to watch look back in hindsight after Raw had been on rah, rah, this feud is clearly continuing which is fine um, thinking about it I think this goes through to Hell in a Cell in I think it's in October maybe November this year um, 
and whether Orton wins it at Hell in a Cell or retains it in Hell in a Cell, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think this goes through Clash of Champions. I think this goes to Hell in a Cell. I think it ends at Hell in a Cell where I think Orton will come out of this feud with the title. I think Orton will go to WrestleMania with the title. And I think... I don't know. I don't know. Leave that one with me. I'll I'll put that on my list of think things to think about and sort of look look forward to. Um The Fiend was always beating Strowman. That was never a question for me. Strowman was a, a he was he wasn't a garbage champion. He was just someone that should have been champion about three years ago and wasn't. And they needed someone to fill Roman's spot against Oldberg and they were like, here, have at it. So I think the booking hasn't helped Strowman and no crowds sort of leave him with just a, not a lot, but... It is what it is. Um, the aftermath, I don't think anyone was ready for. If you said before the show that Roman was going to return, um, Spear the Fiend, Spear Strowman, and then hold the title up in the middle of the ring, I would have said you're a liar. I did hear people say, oh, I think Reigns will return and do this or do that, rah, rah, I heard a bit of that. And yeah, I thought it was possible that he'd return, but I also didn't think he was going to come back until at least Rumble, because Amway Center's still in Florida. It's still the pandemic epicenter of America really so it's still pretty dangerous for him to be there but it's his health's not for me to to talk about he chose to come back and yeah sort of hot shotted him into a title program I thought they could have maybe Revisited um, Roman versus Strowman um, for a bit. Let the Fiend do something else. Maybe disappear for a touch. But yeah, we'll get to what I think is going to happen at Payback shortly. But yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was SummerSlam. Um. The weekly shows this week to me weren't overly great. Raw was a very tough watch. Raw was, I don't know, Raw dragged a little bit. Things like, we got Rollins and Murphy versus Dominic and Ray. And we got a no ending because of Retribution. So we're going to get that match again at Payback. 
why couldn't they just do Dominic and Ray teaming for the first time on pay-per-view? I don't understand it. But, yeah, Raw. Uh, Raw this week was tough watch. Bring up my notes here. Uh -huh. uh, Drew's promo to open the show was okay. But decent. Um, basically said that he knew he he knows Randy's going to come for him again, and he welcomes a challenge, and that's fine. Um, Orton coming out was predictable, but okay. The two punt kicks that Randy did to to Drew backstage were fucking awful. Um, they missed by a long way. Drew sold them like a million bucks, like he just had his head run over by a Mack truck, but you could clearly see that they missed and they were horrid. But anyway. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, Bailey and took on Shane and Baszler, which was an interesting thing. You got, oh, I know Bailey and Sasha are the women's tag champs and they're allowed. To be on both shows, but why you would then have the women's SmackDown champion in a singles match on a show she's theoretically not uh, a rostered talent to is it's weird. But at least they've got the tag titles. It makes sense why she's in the show. But anyway. But it's the subtle things about that story that making are making this really must-see TV. Um, like, Shayna was Negan and Forearmy Bailey, and you got they they showed a shot of Sasha. She's holding the title and she's smirking and she's smiling and she was you know sort of giving it a little pat and it's those little things that are making this story. The best thing WWE have done in a long time. Um, and I know the joke has been, oh, they're saving it for SummerSlam, saving it for SummerSlam. I think now they either have to save it for Hell in a Cell or they have to, have to save it for WrestleMania. They're the only two options that they have left now. Either, either this goes well it's going to go pear-shaped it's just not a matter of if but when they either have to put them inside hell in a cell and give them as much time as they want to create magic because they've been they've had amazing matches together brooklyn was amazing their iron woman match 30 minute iron woman match was amazing um so Either Hell in a Cell or Mania for me. Nothing, not, none of this, oh, Clash of Champions shit. I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. But, um, Nia and Shayna teaming up was weird, considering they were just beating the crap out of each other. But, uh, Alistair Black's heel turn. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to let it play out because 
Black versus KO. Mm, sign me up for that. Mm, I'm I'm good for that. But yeah, I just don't know how I feel about Black being a heel. I'd rather KO turn heel again. He was good. He's good as a heel. I think. I think Black just needs to be sort of, I don't know, in between everything. They uh, they've given Black too much, too much. They sort of need him just to be like Taker was all those years ago, sort of just like a mystique, um, dark brooding individual. Doesn't say a whole lot. Comes out, beats the shit out of people. Um, tattoos intimidating and can kick your head off but then before this they had him coming out saving you know he was the white knight saving people and why should he care about anyone else I wasn't wasn't feeling that so if, the, if that's where they're going with this heel turn where he's going to be you know oh, it's all about me Alistair Black I don't give a shit about you it's all about me and I want to yeah, I'm gonna. I want to be fucking champion. This is why I want to be champion. I don't care who gets my way. I just kick their ass. Cool. I'm I'm here for that. That's fine. Um, so I'm willing to let this feud play out. I, I like both guys. I like Black. I like KO. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to let it play out. That's fine. Uh, twenty four seven title. Yeah. That bores me. I'm sick of seeing Truth hold it and Tazawa and now Benjamin, they're hot shotting the damn thing. Yeah. What I what what I do with Raw is I watch it on my on my TV here on the wall. Um being in Australia, it's on cable TV, so at ten AM in the morning. And I'm normally at work, so I record it, I come home after dinner and my son's asleep, I sit there and I watch it. But what I do is I sit on my computer while I'm watching it. So if something comes on the TV that I don't like or is not interesting to me, I just turn and I stare at the computer and do whatever. And if something on Raw takes my interest, I'll, I'll turn back and I'll rewind it if I miss something or blah, 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 blah. And that's how I choose to watch Raw. When the 24-7 title comes on, that's what I do. I turn away. I still have it on, but I never, never really watch it. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I know why they created it. They created it for something to keep the third hour in viewer involved. But does it work? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Randy's promo stating he's a man of his word, taking out Legends, Edge, Christian, Big Show, etc. And then saying he punted Drew for offering a rematch out of pity. Who does Drew think he is? Well, who's the guy who beat you the night before? So, wah, have a whinge. But Randy is my favorite, personal favorite. I've been an Orton fan since he came in. Um,. All the way back to when he first won his first world title in 2004. 2004 was a good year for Randy. He pinned Foley at WrestleMania. Beat Foley at Backlash in a hardcore match. The next month, won the world title in 
August 2020 still challenging for world titles that's a good effort good effort so Randy my fave my man um yeah this has been a sore point all week for a lot of people and again it goes back to the toxicity of social media um you know what people don't like why they don't like it rah, rah. and i didn't see any reason as to why people didn't like what i'm about to say keith lee comes out and interrupts randy's promo right the start of his music is his old one and then it kicks into this new generic thing why did they change it keith lee came out and said um he didn't have a choice in it and he's pushing for for better music that that's all we need to hear we don't need three days of people going oh keith lee's new music is shit and his new ring gear is shit no yeah okay both aren't great but they don't take away from what he does in the ring if his new music is crap well there's not a lot we can do about that keith clearly doesn't like it either hence why he's pushed for it to be changed what happens in that respect we don't know wait for payback we'll see what happens the fact that they've put a top on keith lee is that's vince just being juvenile he doesn't like the guy with the big big belly which is ironic because otis has got a big belly and he's happy for him to shake that thing around um but at the end of the day once keith gets between the ropes i don't care if he's wearing a fucking moo moo <clears throat> the dude can go he's fucking good so how about we just wait and see what plays out like and he's he's promos people are like oh he talks funny he talks funny really like ugh. he has a unique way of talking we all do no one talks the same if we all talk the same the world would be fucking boring if we all like the same shit the world would be boring we don't we all like something different and keith talks a little different that's fine he gets his point across he's confident in what he says more than i am talking here now you know you probably hear the jitter, jitteriness in my voice i've never done this before keith was confident he was to the point he made everyone know that randy's dangerous and he made um he put over the fact that randy's dangerous and put over the fact that he's special um and then randy just sort of said no nah, i'll do this on my on my time you know i thought for an introduction to keith lee and raw i thought that was really good really well done but that was my opinion a lot of people didn't like what happened later with the match and stuff but montez ford versus garza happened it's about the 55th time we've had something of that um of those teams going on uh, don't need to see it anymore montez wins with his 180 frog splashy thing um 
the match, all, all the match was about was Demi Burnett from The Bachelor or Bachelorette or whichever one it is, was ringside and Ivar comes and woos her with a turkey leg. Okay. They could have done that backstage. Didn't it take up two minutes of ring time? But anyway. Um, the little things I don't like. Uh, nuances. They had Shayna and Nia talking backstage. Nia saying, I want to win the tag titles at Payback, blah, blah, blah. Rah, rah, rah. And Shayna said, all right, I'll help you with that as long as you get off my back and leave me alone. Nia said, that's fine. Shayna then slaps Nia Jax. Uh, why is Shayna slapping Nia Jax? Shayna is a former professional UFC fighter. She doesn't slap people. Fucking punches people. She forearms people. You never saw China getting around slapping people. China used to throw. Uh, China used to throw forearms. Didn't like that they had Shayna bust out this slap. You know whether it's just a a disrespect thing. And two women, is it a, I don't know, is it a disrespect thing if another woman slapped another woman? I would have thought two dominant alpha females, I don't know if that's what you call them. Um, I would have thought a, a punch or a forearm would have been more applicable rather than just a, eh, didn't like it, but, eh. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out leading into the payback. Uh, the six woman tag, Iconics and Zelina versus Riot Squad and Bel Air. Uh, it was okay. It's just an excuse for for Bel Air to pin Zelina again. I don't think we need to see that anymore. We can move on for that. The arm wrestling contest was just a way to build up Lashley versus Apollo at Payback. Um, the Natalia, Lana and Mickey stuff was... In my opinion, this was Bruce Pritchard putting his vendetta against Nick Aldis on Raw in some way, shape or form. I know Nikki, uh, Mickey got the last laugh with the kick and all that sort of stuff, but... They had Natalia and Lana come on national television and say, here, we have a highlights package of Mickey James's career, and they played a blank fucking screen. Bruce Pritchard used two women to go out there and make a joke of Mickey James's career. Why? Because Bruce Pritchard and Nick Aldis don't like each other. Fuck off. Get better. Seriously. Mickey James deserves better than that rubbish. Um, the most talked about segment of the night, or what I thought was the most talked about segment of the night, um, Keith Lee versus Randy. I thought the action was good. The dodgy finish was always going to happen. They're not going to have Keith Lee pin Orton his first night. They're not going to have Orton lose. 
when his feud with McIntyre is continuing. Um, I didn't like the fact that once Drew McIntyre come and caused the DQ, that Keith Lee just vanished. I didn't like that. Especially with when it plays out, Randy runs away and you know, McIntyre's still hanging around the ring. Why couldn't Keith Lee come up to him and go, hey man, what's a go with that? That was my debut. You just cost me the match. What, what the fuck? Well, why? I thought they could have done more with that, but yeah, it was what it was. The, the match itself, the action itself was fine. Um, they gave me just enough to make me want to see more and they're going to give us more which is the point of it all um but yeah we'll get more into that shortly um the third punt kit look infinitely better than the first two earlier in the night um uh, and then i didn't like later on they showed um mcintyre getting carted away by the by the the meat wagon i didn't like them interviewing i didn't mind the interview with keith lee putting over his friendship with mcintyre blah 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 that's fine but then keith lee said oh i know he's going to be fine they said no more than a couple of minutes before that that drew could have a possible skull fracture and his career could be over. But yet Keith Lee is there going, Oh no, he'll be fine. Uh, what? Yeah, that that was weird. But, um, wait and see how that plays out. Cle clearly Drew's career will not be ending off a punt kick. Um, but... Yeah, as I said before, I think that feud extends to Hell in a Cell, but we'll wait and see what happens. Oscar and Sasha Banks was a match for Santa Moon Times. Yes, it is. Um, far from their best showing, but it was what it was. Didn't go long enough. Uh, the underground stuff. I don't, I don't like the underground stuff. It's just... It's... It's, what's the word? It's, um, it's their way of trying to do shoot fighting, but not doing shoot fighting, if you get what I'm saying. Um, the raw underground set should be dark and dingy like Full Sail is. It needs to be dark and dank and dirty and not well lit and should have this dodgy camera angle rather than camera cuts and it's it's too meticulous it needs to be dirtier and it needs to be gr and gritty and but as far as the in reaction Lashley and Ziggler was actually okay um Ziggler can legit hang when it comes to wrestling that that's fine um, the Lashley and Cedric and Viking Raider stuff was 
Nope. I, I get Lashley at Underground, but the man is a legit fighter. He is a legit heavyweight fighter. Unless the end goal is Brock is going to walk into Raw Underground and face off with Lashley at some point. No one should ever get close to Bobby Lashley down in Raw Underground. But, but yeah, they go from, you know, earlier on in the broadcast, Ivar comes out with a turkey leg for Demi Burnett, and now he's in Raw Underground fighting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the show ended Rollins Murphy vs the Mysterios. Again, why do the Mysterios have to team for the first time on Raw? Why can't it be on pay-per-view? Like, that's the match they've now booked. I get it stems from the ending of this match, but why couldn't they just say, Hey, Ray and Dominic are sick of being treated like shit by Rollins and his crew. They want a match. They want a team together for the first time. Let's go. They could have done, they could have achieved this without having the match. Because Retribution was coming in anyway. So they could have had Mysterios in the ring, challenging Rollins and that payback. These are the reasons why we want to face you. We want to team together as a father and son, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Retribution comes. They could have achieved that, in my opinion. With, um, with a, a promo in ring rather than a match that we're now going to see again, but that's just my my two cents. NXT this week. Now I'm I'm dragging it on a bit, but what I liked. What I didn't like, what I liked from NXT, I'll go about what I did like. What I did like from NXT this week was Rosango winning the tag titles off Imperium. I think Imperium, their reign was, I don't, I don't know what caused their reign to be as uneventful as it was. Whether they went off and chose not to attend shows or whether they just the booking was weird but I think it was time to get them on to a team that was American based they probably both live in Orlando or around that area um, and Tyler Breeze being an OG of NXT I think makes this title change even even bigger than it probably already was, but um I think it was the right right team to put it on. I initially thought Legado del Fantasma was gonna win the match at um at Takeover, but I think Brazango were the right team to win it and then go on and win the titles off Imperium, but whether they hold them for long is another story. I think 
I think Legado del Fantasma might take him from Brazongo. When and where, I'm not too sure. But I think they will take the titles at some point. But I think Breeze and, and Dango deserve a little bit of a run with them. But yeah, I don't think it'll be overly long. Um, what else did I like? Uh, didn't like Cross having to vacate the title. Poor guy. He had all these dramas at Impact. Finally got out of his contract over there. Has a choice between AEW and NXT. Chooses NXT, which is fine. Comes in. They have his first takeover match. He takes on former NXT champion, a guy who technically never lost the title in Tommaso Ciampa, and they have him beat him in like seven minutes. And then a, a takeover later, their, their biggest to date, takeover 30, they have him win their main championship without winning the uh, North American title or any of that. Um, they're really high. From everything I read, they're really high on Cross. Um, so I feel bad that he had to, to vacate the title like he did. Um, the promo was... Eh, but I liked how he ended it with... Um, basically, whoever wins is on borrowed time. I will come back. I will get it. And the visual of the title sitting there with the hourglass and the smoke and stuff... That was all good. Um, we just don't need any more of the fireball out of the, the contract hokey stuff that was in the lead up to the takeover match. We don't need any of that. Um, Cross is a lot like... I want Karrion Cross to be a lot like Alistair Black. I just want him to be the mystique. Um, dark, brooding, doesn't say a whole lot comes out, kicks a lot of ass, and then just, that's it. That's what I want from people like Cross. Don't overcomplicate it, and they hadn't to this point. They hadn't. It's just a shame he's going to be out for a while. So, But it is what it is. Um, the Swerve Scott and Escobar match was good. I thought the ending with the loaded mask was a bit silly. Um, it would have made more sense had he worn the mask to the ring sat it on the, the ring post or on the apron or something um, or had one of the uh, one of the the teammates at ringside had the teammates at ringside and they passed it to him or something along those lines it would have made more sense rather than just a mask stashed under the ring somewhere um, but all in all, the match was good. I really enjoyed the action. It was good stuff. Um, the Priest and Thatcher interaction backstage, I thought was interesting. I don't know why it seems that we're getting Thatcher in a program with Priest when Thatcher's coming off a loss. But... Yeah, it could be interesting. Priest versus Thatcher. Yeah, I can get behind that. Not bad. Um, 
Uh, NXT didn't really excite me too much. Yeah, and I don't like full sale. The the actual venue doesn't do anything for me. Um, seeing Ripley and Gonzalez go at it in the main event was a bit of fun. I'm not a, it pains me to say it as an Australian, but I'm not a Ripley fan. I'm really not. She's good. Just doesn't do it for me. But seeing her and Gonzalez and that's good I can get behind that just two big just two big brooding women just fucking mm, that's good shit get behind that um one thing I don't like is Dakota Kai uses the scorpion kick with her knee brace never helps her win a match Didn't help her win the title at TakeOver. It didn't help her win this tag match. But yet Jeff Hardy does it on SmackDown against AJ and then he wins the match off it. What? Come on. Consistency, please. It helps one guy win a title. It should help one woman win a match. Come on. <sighs> anyway. um, Ripley being pinned... In this match was weird for me. Um, I, I wasn't expecting Ripley to get pinned. Thought it might have been some sort of dodgy ending, but Gonzalez pinning Ripley. Um, they made it made sense with Martin Mercedes Martinez coming out, or the Robert Stonebrand coming out. Um, and Ripley. You know, with a sore ankle tripping in the ring and sort of going from there. That that all made sense. Um but yeah, still Ripley getting pinned regardless is, was interesting. Interesting. I didn't I didn't foreshadow that before the match started. I thought I thought Martinez might come out caught a, a cause a DQ or something along those lines. I didn't think Ripley was gonna get pinned. And NXT was an interesting show. It wasn't wasn't the greatest show, but it was far from the worst. Um, Dynamite this week was... Eh. Again, the weekly shows this week, take them or leave them. I watched them because I do every week. But if, if you're not a hardcore fan and you, you wanted to just... You wouldn't give doing something to watch them Asher a hardcore like dynamite yeah the 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 gauntlet opener uh young bucks natural nightmares open i thought it was a good length for a mat for the opener of a gauntlet um i didn't think it overstayed its welcome it went like seven or eight minutes plenty long enough um, if it was just those two in a match, probably still the right amount of time, considering how well Dustin is. Um, but in saying that, Dustin at his age can still go. Like his his uh his snap power slam is fucking amazing. It's just blur, really good. Um, you could obviously argue 
he gets around the ring better than Jericho these days. They're about the same age. Um, and he's flip pile driver. Now, I refuse to call that thing a Canadian destroyer because unless Petey Williams is doing it, it's not a fucking Canadian destroyer. It's a flip pile driver. So that's my take. Um, his flip pile driver is better than a lot of them going around. And as I said, he's like 50. So good for him. Um, one thing I didn't like was the Bucks won the opener. That's fine. They sat there and they watched Trent and Chucky T walk to the ring, do their whole entrance, take their jackets off, you know, grab each other's hand, hold it up, blah, blah, blah. And they stood there and waited. Why? Yeah, you're a face team, but so? Number one contender. Your biggest pay-per-view of the year for the tag titles on the line. Take any opportunity you can find. Get the upper hand early. Don't just stand there and wait for them to fucking derobe and stuff. Ugh. Uh... Hangman coming out and causing the 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 loss for Bucks was just story progression. I don't know what's going to happen with that. That's the best part about that story. It's such a big question that is still left unanswered in that whole saga. Um, you got the Bucks, Hangman, Omega, like who's turning heel? Then you got FTR in the mix. They're on a collision course with the Bucks somewhere. But, yeah, interesting to see. Now, unless you're looking for it, you would have missed it. Chucky T, he tweaked his knee during the second match. And his selling of it was good. It, yeah, occasionally in a few running spots he ran normally, but his selling of it was very good. Which then flowed into the third match, so. It's one of those things, if you miss that small section, you would have got to the third match and be like, what's the go with the knee? Why is that a big deal? But, um, yeah, so once Best Friends won, they did what the Bucks did. Stood around, waited for FTR, blah, 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 blah. FTR come in, no, fuck this shit. We want to, we want to win. Bang, attack. They didn't wait around, didn't shake hands with the Queen, none of that rubbish. They wanted to win, they did what they had to, straight into it. I like that. That was good. Um, they want to be the champs, so they're like, want to be the champs, we've got to win this. So, they, they took the advantage, they never let up, they worked on Chucky's knee, got the win, with the submission. So, FTR versus Page and Omega it all out. Yeah, I'm here for all of that. That's going to be fucking amazing. Um, I, I don't... I honestly cannot foresee a way that that is a bad match. Honestly can't, but... We'll wait and see what becomes of it. Um, what else happened on Dynamite? Oh, Lance Archer beating up Enhancement Teller. I'm sick of Lance Archer squash matches. Can't we put him in the ring with, like... He wrestled Joey Janela 
about a month ago. What's wrong with him wrestling established names like Joey Janela? He doesn't have to beat up enhancement talent all the time. If he does it backstage and throws them through the fucking roof, that's fine. Or puts them in the bin, I don't care. Using enhancement talent for that. But why the in-ring action can't he, you know, beat people like Joey Janela? Beat people like, I don't know. Brandon Cutler, fucking Peter Avalon. I don't, I don't know. Why can't he beat those sort of people? Why, why does it always have to be an enhancement talent squash match? I'm getting bored of it. Really am. But, um, the the casino battle royale or royal, whatever they're calling it, at all out. That that'll be pretty good. Or could be pretty good. Um, could also be pretty bad. AEW are notoriously not great at Battle Royals, so we'll see what they come up with for this one. When he gets a shot at the AEW World Champion, um, I think that's gonna f the few the few feuds are gonna flow into that. Starks versus Darby Allen, that's gonna flow into the Battle Royal, which is fine. They'll probably cost each other the match. Um. Lance Archer versus... It seems to be they're going for Archer versus Brian Cage. If that's how they're going, yes. That's fucking better than Lance Archer beating up Enhancement Talent. That's for fucking sure. Um, and that, that'll put a play into the Battle Royal somewhere. But we'll see how that goes. Um... They showed Sheeta and Thunder Rosa signing the contract for, for All Out. Yeah. Excuse me. Sheeta and Thunder Rosa is going to be really, really, really good. I have no doubt about that. Both women are incredibly talented. My issue with them booking this match is do your rankings mean fucking anything? And the answer and I'm I've been an advocate for the rankings and that they normally make them make sense but in this particular instance the answer is no, no they don't. Nyla Rose is your number one women's ranked contender. As of now, she has no match for All Out. No match. Penelope Ford is number three ranked. She just got pinned by Big Swole in a match that involved Rebel. Britt Baker is number... Four or five. She hasn't wrestled in like four months. Abaddon is number four or five, whatever Baker's not. And we haven't seen her on Dynamite. I think in ages we've seen her maybe once. Been her on Dark plenty of times, but not on Dynamite. Now... As I said before, if you don't like what they're doing with the women's division or that sort of stuff, then 
switch over to WWE or Impact or whatever women's division you like. That's fine. But the fact remains, they need to find a, a way to either utilize the women they've got and the platforms that they have to make the women's division relevant. Now, um, whether that's more in-ring action, whether that's vignettes, I don't know, but like the the women got more time on tonight's show than a lot of other shows. But on sorry, this week's show than on a lot of shows. Um but the women's match they had on tonight's show, Swole versus Baker, Rebel and Ford <clears throat> wasn't good. Just a botch fest. Wasn't good. Wasn't good to watch. Um, I hope that's not a thing, sign of things to come between Baker and Swole at all out, because if it is, yeah, that ain't going to be good. But wait and see, but yeah, the women's action wasn't great. But they had a lot of women on the show, but the actual in-ring action just was, was yeah, subpar. Uh, the MJF Moxley stuff dragged. <clears throat> it was good. But MJF spoke for way too long. He needs to stop saying John and Jonathan every, like, fourth word. It is so repetitive, it's not funny. I'd much prefer someone of uh, the heelish nature that MJF is to be patronizing. Um, go back to calling him Bud or Champ or something annoying like that. Calling him John. Every fourth word, really annoying. It just overkill of the word. Um, I did laugh when Mox called Sterling a dickwad. That was that was very funny, and he called Wardlow Flex Magazine. That was even funnier. But and the other thing I did like was they're using Sterling as the warm up match instead of Wardlow. They went with Wardlow as the warm up match prior to the Cody feud, the fact that they've gone with something different this time, I really enjoy. I think that's a really subtle touch. Really good. Um, the Lucha Brothers versus... Uh, the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade versus... Sonic Kiss, George and I, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. was standard 8-man match. Lucha Brothers are really good. They're getting better on their tagging in and out and getting out of the ring for 10-count stuff. Um, they're getting more fluent in that respect, which is good. Um, Dark Order is appealing to me. I really like the Dark Order. Um, what they did with Brody Lee last week, we squashed Cody. It was good. Um, bit of a throw together the fact that they've gone with the, the Dark Order versus Natural Nightmares Scorpio Sky and Mac Hardona for All Out to be random I would have preferred Brody Lee 
defending the title. But especially with since you've got so many members of Dark Order that you could sort of shoehorn in there. I don't think Brody Lee notoriously has to be one of them. But that's just me being fickle. Um, as I said before, Hangman Buxton Omega story is amazing storytelling. If you can say with absolute certainty at this point in time which path that's going to go, well, then you must be right in the fucking show because there is that many paths that that can go. It's just ludicrous. Uh, I've already touched on the three on one match. The fact that Penelope Ford ate the pin instead of Rebel was just weird. Weird, weird, weird. Um, having Tay Conti at ringside and then having teasing her potentially joining the Dark Order alongside Anna Jay, thought it was a good touch in adding women to the show. Um, adding another woman to the Dark Order is is fine i'm happy with that especially if they make it work considering the team in the, the tag team cup that's fine one thing i am concerned about with the dark order excuse me is that they're getting too big they're starting when they're all lined up on the stage happened last week happened this week they seem to be getting to NWO realms of size and that is too big too many members they don't all know what they're doing like they've got the Beaver Boys John Silver and Alex Ring really good independent tag team they're a fucking joke on the show like, Brody Lee picks on John Silver because he's a small man with a beard like the guy can go like why do they have to have them as a comedy team? They've already got a good tag team. They've got Grayson and Uno. Really good tag team. Probably could be champs. But yet they've got to have Silver and Reynolds as this joke team that barely win. And then you've got Preston, who's just, or 10, who's just back from injury. Like we've seen him wrestle one match, maybe, maybe, off, maybe a few on Dark, but one on Dynamite against Moxley. That's how they wrote him off with an arm injury. Like too many people, you don't need so many people. Keep it simple. Compact the group. Make the people you've got stand out. Make Dark Order a force. You know. I enjoy Dark Order, especially now Brady Lee's champ. But the best parts of Dark Order are what you see on BTE. It's all comedy stuff. Brody Lee swearing his ass off. It's Brody Lee hitting people with fucking paper. It's, it, it's funny stuff. It's good. It's funny. It's good to watch. But... It doesn't come across on TV. The group comes across as too big and just over the top. But Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara can can only assume they got cut short. 
due to possibly the contract signing and possibly the opener going too long. Um, like the match was fine for what it was, but they only really seven or eight minutes. Um, I think Matt caught the stiff knee from Sammy or for reverse GTS, but Sammy got some mad karma. He went for a like a that flippy fucking splashy senton thing he went for that he did off the stage a couple of weeks ago when he threw the chair, but he missed this time and he ate shit through the table and sliced his sliced his head open quite nice. So he got a bit of karma on that. I don't I personally don't feel the superplex spot was to end the match, but I think they sort of Got told to go home due to the time restrictions. Show ending with OCM being am the O yeah. The show ending with OC ambushing Jericho was I'm ready for that to end. I don't need to see it anymore. I'm sick of it. I I don't need to see OC as this motivated person i want to see oc is the guy who comes out with the glasses doesn't give a shit and just puts his hands in his pockets i don't need to see him running sprinting across the stage to ambush chris jericho i really don't need to see that i don't care for it it's been done that was what made cassidy's matching in the park so intriguing you had Puck, this intimidating, intense, you know, brawler. And then you had OC, which is like, eh, put my hands in my pockets, I don't care. And they've made OC into this commercialized sort of character where he's full of energy and he wants to fight. And it's like, why take away his aura? But that's just me probably being a bit nitpicky. But I'm starting to, to cool off on the OC character. I'm not as hot on the OC character as I was. Anyway, SmackDown didn't have too much to it. I thought it was okay show for a for a go home to a pay per view show. Even though there's only a week between them. Um, the contract signing stuff was was interesting. Um, Adam Pearce not being able to get Reigns' signature was... I thought it was a bit silly. I didn't think it should have been the hook for the show to flow. Because um, why wouldn't Reigns just sign it? He, he wants a title shot, yeah. Just sign the damn thing. He doesn't normally give, give a shit, but... It made sense by the end of the night, but... You know. It was what it was. The only things I really enjoyed overly about SmackDown was the, the subtlety of the um, Alexa Bliss... Nikki Cross deterioration. That was good. Uh, Bliss was back to the... The, the pigtails, the the Harlequin pigtails. That's that's good stuff. Bit of subtlety there. I liked it. 
Um, so that's obviously going to be a thing. Cesaro and was it Kalisto. I think it was Kalisto. Um, that was a good match. It was um some high flying stuff. The flippy stuff was all was all fun and games. Um, sorry, I was in and out of SmackDown to be honest. Sami Zayn returning. Didn't hit as hard as they probably wanted it to, to be honest. AJ, AJ I think could have sold it better with the face. He was sort of just like, okay, you know, whatever, I'll beat you anyway. Sort of, I don't know, dismissed Zayn as a threat. Um, I enjoyed Zayn coming back. Having Sammy come back with the title he never lost was good. Um, I feel NXT should have done that when Champa come back and feuded with Cole. I thought he could have come back with the title. Cole had the title, and they could have gone. And Champa could have gone. Hey, I'm still the champ. I never lost. Um, they could do it with Cross when he comes back too. No big deal. Um, but yeah, Zayn physically coming back with the belt. You know, instant um, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michael vibes with that. And and that's fine. That's fine. Um, but the show, it, it, SmackDown was really all about the, the show ending visual of Reigns and Heyman. Um, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. Uh, is, is Reigns a full-blown heel? Um, is he a tweener? Are we going to get, uh, a character, like a, a physical change in what he wears to the ring? We're going to get music change. Is it going to be the same Roman just with Heyman next to him? Is Heyman going to even come out for his matches? We don't know. We just have to let it play out. Everyone's like, oh, it's money, it's money, it's money, it's money, it's money, it's money. No, it's not instantly guaranteed to be amazing. Not at all. Could be really good. I personally think it's probably going to lead to a another match. Another WrestleMania match between Roman and Lesnar. I think it'll be their 35th. Um, I think that's probably where they'll go with this. If they do, that's fine. I've got no problem with those two slapping meat. They normally beat the shit out of each other. It's a bit of fun. Um, but yeah, it's not guaranteed to be money. Just let it play out. Wait and see how it goes. I'll give my quick predictions about what I think happens. Payback, I think it's pretty similar to what a lot of people think will happen at Payback, but wait and see what comes of it. Um, but yeah, that was the, the weekly shows. Sorry if I rambled on about the weekly shows a little long. Um, I want to touch on the New Japan Summer Struggle. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Mm, There's a few undercard matches. Uh, Kanemaru beat Grandmaster Waito. 
And that was what it was. Akato, uh, Akata, El Desperado, Toriano, and Sonata, King of Pro Wrestling Championship. This was a tournament that was made for Okada to win. And then they swerved to sort by having Yano pin Okada in under 10 minutes. Uh, that's that's some uh, that's a, that's different. Yeah, if any, if anyone picked Yano to win to win the damn thing by pinning Okada, then you're a liar. Because that's nearly more shocking than Ranger. Uh, the next couple of matches are probably the only ones you'd really go. I'd really say, or you have to see. Uh, Shingo Takagi, Minoru Suzuki, never open weight title. That's as that's as close. That's as close to an unsanctioned brawl with fists and feet as you're gonna get. They just beat the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, it was really good, hard hitting. It was always gonna be hard hitting, but. Yeah, I actually thought Takagi was going to win, but he didn't. Um, Suzuki won. No, Suzuki's fifty fucking two. Um, murder Grandpa. Guy's just a weapon. And to think, I think it was WrestleMania weekend this year. We we're meant to see Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy. What? But um, yeah, Suzuki won. If you've got a subscription to New Japan, or you've got abilities to watch it somehow, or someone that you know has got a subscription, watch that match. Good stuff. If you like hard-hitting stuff, it was really good. Hiromu Takahashi. Taiji Shimuri was another good match. Not as good as their match a few years ago. Excuse me. Um, For the best of Super Junior Final. That was an amazing match. This was good. It wasn't as good. The selling by Hiromu on his shoulder was really good. And that led into the finish. Um, because, yeah, Ishimori locked in the yes lock. Hiromu got out, but then he, um, Ishimori got it back on. Forced the tap from Hiromu. So Ishimori won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Um, I think it's the right way to go about it. Didn't see whether they actually announced the competitors for the G1. But I would think that Hiromu will be in it. I hope he is, because I love Hiromu. He's really good. Um, so those two matches I highly recommend. Um, I don't want to go through them in any detail because otherwise this will go forever um I've already talked enough rubbish I still got payback predictions to do um Golden Aces versus Dangerous Techers it's just it was it was okay I, I wouldn't say go out of your way to see it but anything with Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. is 
generally watchable. But yeah, this was just who could get the dragon screw on on the bung leg and who could do this, who could do that, but yeah. Yeah. Dangerous tech is retained. Now one thing I was scared about was this card went really, really far. And then the main event came on pretty early and I was like, fuck. They're gonna go like forty five minutes. Evil and Naito are gonna go forty five minutes. I'm like, no. They went thirty eight at Dominion, it felt like they went thirty eight hours. Um now I'm used to long main events with New Japan, which is fine. Which is fine. But I was not needing this to go 35, 40 minutes. Thankfully, thankfully, oh, thankfully, thankfully it didn't. It only went like 25. Because um, it was very slow and plotty and but. When Evil won the titles from Naito, I was like, oh, they did it to Naito again? Really? That poor guy can't defend the heavyweight title. I just sort of took him off him after he, you know, finally building him up, building him up, building him up, and then he gets the big win at Wrestle Kingdom, and then he, oh, sorry, he did have a defense of the, the heavyweight. He defended against Kenta. And then he defends against Kenta, and now they take him off him with evil. I was like, oh, they did him dirty again. And you know, this was back a couple of months ago when evil won it, and I was still, you know, saying, oh, I can't believe they did Naito dirty on Twitter, and you know, rah, rah, rah. I was saying, because I didn't agree with it, it was shit. I was still in that frame of mind, like a lot of people are. And um, now it makes sense. They took it off him to give him the moment in the Jingu Stadium, which is fine. Yeah, the fireworks going off in the background, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, cool visual at the end of the day. So they took it off him and able to him to win it back now. The match wasn't great, but at the end of the day, Naito is the right person at this time. Well... Akata's probably the right person to be champion at the moment, but they're not going. Naito is the man. Naito is better than Evil right now. I think we'll look back at Evil's reign a bit like Jinder's. In years to come, we'll go, it was probably better than what we thought, but I think Naito is the right man to hold title now um they've got to separate the titles how they're going to do that i don't know but i think naito deserves to be heavyweight champion i just don't know who they're going to put the ic title on um yeah i don't know but it'd be interesting to see how they go about that moving forward um and I'm going to finish this rather lengthy 
um, opening debut show is some really, really quick uh, payback predictions. They've announced the pre-show will be the Riot Squad versus the Iconics for the 55th fucking time. Um, I think the Riot Squad wins. I, I don't know why. I just think they do. Um, I, I have no interest in this match at all. The pay-per-view starts in less than six hours. That means it's 9am here in Australia. I'm not working. I can watch it. I will not be getting up early to watch the pre-show. And I probably won't get up early to watch the main show. I will just watch it when I get up. And that'll be that. But I, I won't be watching the pre-show match. But I think the Riot Squad will win. And yeah, that's that. Um, Just going to go through them all. Big E versus Sheamus. We saw this match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. Big E won that. I think Big E wins again. Um, it was a respectable match when they wrestled on SmackDown. Um, do we need to see it again? Probably not. But I'm interested to see where they go with this Big E singles run. I don't think they've booked it well thus far. But yeah, I'm happy for, for Big E to win this one. That's fine. Riddle and King Corbin. Riddle will win. Will the match be any good? I, I, I'm not hopeful. I'm hopeful that it's better than it probably should be. But I can't see it being overly fantastic. Can't say that uh, it's a selling point for the show for me. But I think Riddle wins. Uh, the Mysterios versus Rollins and Murphy. I actually think the Mysterios will win. I think they will pin Murphy. Um, which Mysterio gets the pin? I don't know. Um, hopefully Dominic pins... Oh, I say hopefully Dominic pins Murphy. I don't hope that because... In Melbourne, Australia, we stand Buddy Murphy. This is a Buddy Murphy stan household. But I can't see Seth getting pinned. So I think Dominic pins Murphy. I th think the Mysterios win. And I... oh. does it end the story there? That I, no, I don't know. I don't know if that ends the story. I don't know. I hope it does because it doesn't need to go any longer. But we will see. We will see. Um, Apollo Crews versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is winning the United States title. Apollo Crews has done a good job with it, but I think Lashley, it's Lashley's turn. I think Lashley needs to become champion. He needs to be the the, the focal point. Of the hurt business now, they need to have MVP as the manager. Lashley is the US champion, and then Jump Benjamin is just your, your your little person you use to as a roadblock 
you want to get to Lashley, okay, you've got to go through Benjamin. Or you could add someone and team them with, with Benjamin and they could become tag champs or something along those lines and the Hurt Business could have all the gold. You could do something like that. But um, Lashley for mine is winning the United States title and I think that's the right choice. Uh, golden role models against Baszler and Nia Jax. I think Bailey and Banks win because I th oh, or do they? I think Bailey and Banks win. How? I don't know. I don't know. I think if they win, they have to pin Jax. They cannot pin Baszler. They cannot pin Baszler. I think you need to protect Shayna Baszler. Um, so I think the Raw models will win. I think they'll pin Jax. Uh, how that happens, whether Shayna walks out on Jax or something like that, I don't know. But yeah, I think the Golden Raw models will win. And I think their story will progress. And then I think it maybe Clash of Champions. Bailey has to defend both titles. And then she'll defend her women's title earlier in the night. And then when it comes to the tag team titles, she's like, oh, I'm tired. I've had enough of this. Rah, rah, rah. Doesn't overly try to help break up a pin. And Sasha, Bank Sasha Banks gets pinned. Something along those lines. I think the Golden Roll models will retain here. Uh, Keith Lee, Randy Orton. I think this will be a good match. Um, Keith Lee will show everyone that he's not buried, like everyone says he is. Um, he'll be fine. Randy Orton doesn't work with people if they're shit, so Keith's fine. Um, yeah, Orton wins, and then goes back to feuding with Drew, and will probably gain the, the title at some point. Um, uh, Universal title or main event the show. I think Reigns is going to win. I think he's going to pin Strowman. I, I can also see The Fiend retaining, pinning Strowman. I think whoever wins is pinning Strowman. Sorry, Braun. Um, Roman's not getting pinned. Good lord, I hope the f good lord, I hope the fiend is not getting pinned. But I, I, th I think Reigns is going to win. I can't see them putting him with Heyman if he's not going to become champion. That would sort of defeat the purpose for mine. But I think Reigns pins Strowman. I think he becomes champion, and I, I think. Reigns and The Fiend end up feuding over the title. Which I think the uh, Reigns will end up pinning Wyatt, won't he? Ugh. Yeah, I think that's how it'll happen at some point. Reigns will win the title here. I have no doubt. Actually, I have doubt. I think The Fiend may win. He might pin Strowman, but I think, I, I'm pretty sure. Roman's going to win the title back here. And 
be interested to see the reception that gets. Whether that's met with yay or ooh online. It'll be interesting to see how that comes across. But hopefully it's not a case of people wanted him back and now he's back and if he becomes champion they're like, oh really? Again? Reigns deserves more than that. Whether he's a heel or face, I, I don't care. Reigns is good in ring. That's all I care about. But that's my real quick payback predictions. Um, yeah. So that was that was episode one in the in the book. It's uh it's it's been different. Um, I'm still after an hour and forty minutes. Still not used to talking into a microphone into a camera, but it's uh. It's something that I'll get used to. It's something that I'll learn to love. Not that I haven't loved it, but I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to it more. And uh, I look forward to putting out more stuff for you guys. As time goes on and as I figure it all out, I'll, I'll cover stuff more frequently. I'll give my opinions more frequently. I'll, in between all that, I'll put out some retro reviews um, since I'm doing rewatches and stuff. Um, I'll put out some stuff along those lines, like especially when I'm about to get to fully loaded 99 in my rewatch. Austin Taker, First Blood, Rock, Triple H, Strap Match. Um, yeah, we don't see that caliber of stuff anymore, which is unfortunate, but yeah, I haven't even got up to the part where the point where SmackDown starts. So I've still got all that to look forward to so I can bring you. A lot of that sort of stuff forward um but uh you can if you've got any if you've got constructive criticism don't be a douchebag if you've got constructive criticism on what i can do to be better whether i can be less handy more handy um whether i can be louder whether i mumble or any constructive criticism you can give me or you want to give me, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to get better, um, you can hit me up, you can see my, my Twitter is just there, or you can hit up the, the show one, which is at the hop pod, T-H-E-H-O-P-P-O-D, um, yes, the hop does stand for something, if you can figure it out, cool, um, it's just a little little game for you all to play. Uh, it's no big deal what it stands for, but interested to see if someone can figure it out. Um, so yeah, you can hit me up at those two socials. Uh, as I said, give me feedback. I'm always willing to listen as long as you're not being a total dickhead. Um, happy to listen, but nine out of ten people I I um come across are really really good. As I said, this is something i wanted to do for a while wanted to try listen to a fair few it's a saturated genre but everyone's opinion the good thing is everyone's opinions are different everyone has a different opinion a different thought process in regards to what they think may or may not happen or why something has happened that's fine 
but that's why I was happy to put it all out there. Um, yeah, be nice. Don't, don't, don't be be an asshole. Um, as I said, if you've got constructive criticism, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to improve myself and take your uh, what's the word? Take your criticism on board and apply it moving forward because it's. If you look back at even the best of shows or best podcasts, you know, anyone that's real confident in what they do, if you go back and watch their first start, like their initial stuff, it's always pretty raw. It's always pretty pretty different to the current stuff that they're putting out. So this is number one for me. First show, I don't expect that it's going to be Oh, the greatest thing ever because it's not I know it's not but say I get to a hundred shows there is no 100 without number one so number one is now done done it I'm gonna get it out there <clears throat> you guys can listen to five minutes of it all hour 45 of it whatever you want to do but I'm happy for you to give me feedback on the socials Leave a comment down below in the on the YouTube, that's fine. Um hit the like button if you like what you saw. Subscribe as well. Let's get those numbers up. Get to that magic hundred mark. Get that get that fancy fancy custom URL. That would be nice to to link around the joint. Um but yeah, let's start small. Um this was as I said, show one of hopefully many. Um yeah uh i am the anointed one the heavenly emperor i will see you next time thanks for watching see ya